You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome. To a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. The New York Yankees are live in action right now. They are in Houston for a doubleheader the day after the All-Star break. Oh, actually, it's not even the day after the All-Star break. It's, it's still the All-Star break for a lot of teams. But the Yankees, who dominated the All-Star festivities, Giancarlo Stanton was your MVP. Aaron Judge was the person who everybody wanted to talk to. Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino had a great mic'd-up session it really was Yankees All-Star Weekend, and yet still Major League Baseball was like, let's give those guys even less of a break than anybody else and send them right into a doubleheader in the Lions Chamber. Let's not just give them a doubleheader. Let's open up a Lions mouth and make them walk inside because nothing ever goes right in Houston. Uh, the only thing worse than Jose Altuve opening a game with a solo home run is Jose Altuve opening a game with a bunt and then the guy batting after him also opening a game with a bunt. So back-to-back bunts. The Yankees are currently losing early in Houston, but by the time you hear this, this game will be over. And the New York Yankees are also 64 and 28 after bludgeoning the Red Sox twice entering the break. We really couldn't have asked for anything more there. So congrats to the Yankees on getting that business done. But there is so much more to talk about. Juan Soto is not only on the market, but is suddenly somebody who people are wondering, will he get dealt in the next two weeks? And no, your trade package is not enough for Juan Soto, but we're going to try to suss it out a little bit. The second half has already begun for the Yankees. The schedule is certainly a bear. They have set themselves up well, but all you need to know about the deadline acquisitions they might be pursuing as well as upcoming competition is coming your way. And a quick recap of the All-Star break. I was in Los Angeles for the game for the Derby for Play Ball Park, which is the new name of the Fan Fest. Uh, show of hands if you knew that. I certainly did not. Uh, they lost my custom jersey, so I'm going to yell about some employees. Uh, probably not. They're all doing. They're all working hard. That was a tough situation for them, but I certainly did spend money on it, and they certainly did lose it. So that also happened. And I was at the Futures game to watch Jason Dominguez drop a fly ball in center field that scored two runs, and immediately come back with the swaggiest home run of the entire event. So we'll do a recap and all to give you a little bit of my thoughts from being on site. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question in that review. If you'd like to, honestly, no pressure, but we will read it. We'll accept them. Just give us a question. Come on. What's the harm? Who does it hurt? Who does it hurt to ask a question? Nobody. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Your Yankees certainly changed the narrative a little bit by smashing the socks at the end of that first half you talked about it i know on your last pod um on monday after all all the damage was done uh but it still felt damn good and and i was you know there's nothing i hate more than being on the road for yankee games that's why i don't travel internationally that's not the only reason but it's it's a non-zero reason i don't like flying to france or whatever but if i'm gonna <laughs> just land and see the yankees have done stuff and to be out in california at events trying to have a good time and, and be able to sit through a 14-1 and 13-2 win after an excruciating loss on Friday night, again, that uh, they took the L uh, as I was taking off 
So really just no time to process that at all. It's like, oh, that the last thing that happened on the ground was the worst loss in a week of bad losses. And then uh, Wi-Fi's out. And I, <laughs> there was Wi-Fi on the plane. And I called somebody over to say, hey, is, this Wi-Fi's not working. And she was just like, if I get four more complaints, I'll shut it down and we'll restart it. And I was like, I'm not looking for four more complaints. I'm just trying to fire off some angry tweets. We don't need to be doing that. We don't need to be waking people up asking them if their Wi-Fi is working so that I can tweet that I hate, uh, you know, the awful Glaber Torres and Jose Trevino at bat with the bases loaded in, in the ninth and an extras. But alas, two big old wins leading into this Houston doubleheader that probably shouldn't be happening. Thomas Carinante, uh, definitely positives, definitely negatives. Where are your vibes right now? Yeah, I was feeling good. First of all, welcome back, dude. Good to have you. Um Solo pods are a fun time. I tried to keep that one to 30. I think I did 32, so I was proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was feeling good until the whole time I knew we were in Houston for this doubleheader, but now it's actually here and I'm pissed about it. I, I know that's childish and I'm, I'm, I'm acting immature, but how is that a, how is there no other way to schedule that effectively? Yankees had six all-stars. Someone, mm-hmm. someone, I tweeted about it and someone said they had three days off. They did not have three days off. No. Six of their best players were on the road across the country in Los Angeles. I'm not saying don't participate in the All-Star game, but that was the reality of the situation. They were there entertaining the world. Six of them, six of the best players, once again, were in Los Angeles. The rest of the team then had to travel to Houston. So they really only had one day off. If you can even call that a day off because it was a travel day. Um, and it's Houston. It's this, the second best team in the AL, arguably baseball. Um, could also be better than the Yankees. They're not going away. They're only a few games back. So, like, the Yankees, yeah, on paper have the better record. Um, Houston has more wins against them this year. Houston still is Houston. Um, Hal Steinbrenner talked about how it's a team that we still have to worry about. That's very much true. Um, yeah, now now I'm upset. But, yeah, the vibes, the way that the Yankees ended that Red Sox series was just about perfect. I talked about it at length. Um, Garrett Cole getting that start under his belt before the break was beyond crucial um, simply because he's had so much trouble against them and that he was able to uh, he was able to get through was it seven two earn the Jeter Downs home run was annoying but then the Yankees opened up a can of whoop Um, and now here we are Uh, we get through the all-star break he was he did great on the mic Garrett Cole during the broadcast he couldn't pitch because of that Um, the offense scored 27 runs in those two games um, also kind of exactly what you want heading into a break. There's no offensive um, reprieve or slump there. They were they, after Friday, after they, after they gifted the Red Sox a win, because that was a gift of a win. The Red Sox uh, once again got one win in a series against the Yankees. And it was the, like, it, they, had to, they had to go to great lengths to try and win this game. Yankees needed to ground into two double plays that were impossible to do. Um the Red Sox were throwing the ball all over the field um, to give the Yankees more chances. Um, uh, and then Aroldis Chapman has to come in, give up a game-tying homer. So, like, everything yeah, good to see him. kind of wrong for everybody. Um, and the Red Sox get that one win, um, which is fine with me. Got the series. They're scratching and clawing in an extra innings game, celebrating like, you know, they're back on track. Now they're only three games above 500. My biggest takeaway from that, and this is also what I talked about solo, and I want your thoughts on it quickly. This could be the end of the red, this version of the Red Sox. I think that there's no reason they don't sell at this point um, based on what we're hearing about the contract negotiations with Rafael Devers um, and Xander Bogarts. Um, Chris Sale breaks his finger in that finale because of an Aaron Hicks liner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a world in which Heim Bloom is buying. I don't see a world in which he's even creatively buying. I think ownership is going to tell him, Wipe as much payroll as we can right here. They got J.D. Martinez on an expiring deal. That's going to save them 9 or $10 million this year. They got uh, Nathan Eovaldi on an expiring deal. That's going to save them 7 or $8 million. Um, Kike Hernandez, that's going to save them another 3 to 4 to $5 million. I, I don't know. I think he's making 8 or $9. Um, and then you have an, uh, Christian Vasquez. That's another 3 to $4 million. Um, I think they're going to kind of clean house as best they can um, because they were waiting on sale to come back. And I didn't, I, I looked through, I didn't realize this. Chris Sale has made 36 starts since 20, uh, 2019. 36. That's yeah. really bad. He's been very much unavailable for them since that uh, World Series winning season. So they were waiting for him to come back. 
and inject some life into this lineup. And maybe, you know, you get a series win over the Yankees before the break or um, you split with the Rays instead of getting swept four games in Tropicana. (laughs) And then you're talking about, you know, maybe being five or six games above 500 instead of three. And that it, it changes a lot. It changes a lot of the complexion around the team and what's going on. Um, J.D. Martinez said, quote, it was the vibes in the clubhouse are weird leading up to the deadline um, because they don't know what's going to happen, which means you have to know that the conversations between the front office, Alex Cora and the players are not transparent. Um, So that's giving me thoughts that we're this Red Sox team is going to be largely disbanded. We're going to start to see the rebuild there. Um, And I'm happy about that um, because I don't want to have to be bothered with them. Uh, for the rest of the way. Um, I, I particularly don't like this group of players that they have um, with the, uh, I, I mean, I don't not like Devers or Bogarts, but they just kick our ass constantly. So they're frustrating. Yeah. But every other player I dislike from a personal standpoint. Um, so it'll be good to see a lot of them go. Um, but yeah, outside of today's double header and having to run into this um, right now, I'm largely feeling good. Um, I think the Yankees may have checked one box off the trade deadline, a list of priorities because I think Matt Carpenter is the corner outfielder from now on. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, those, those are my thoughts. And I don't know what you think about the Red Sox selling, but I'm feeling strongly about that. Yeah. The Red Sox thing is really interesting. You look at all their percentages today and they're down, you know, fan graphs and baseball reference playoff percentages have them in like the thirties. And I, even a couple of weeks ago, they were, you know, obviously percentages in July are not ironclad. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were all in the 65, 70 range. Everybody considered them sort of a lock for wild card one. And I think you'd have to be a fool to look at the standings right now and be like, wow, the Mariners, we can trust them. Like, oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like the red hot Mariners who've won 14 straight, they're not going anywhere. It's in their DNA. This is an unblowable lead. And the Red Sox, like, are done. Like the team that is famous for regrouping and coming back. Yeah, they're absolutely not going to regenerate. That said, in 2019, I felt almost exactly the same way. I was like, why is everybody counting out the Red Sox? They're hanging around the middle part of the division. That team had a better record at this point in time. I think they were like eight or nine games over 500. Uh, and that team just decided to sell. And that was Dave Dombrowski. That was not high in bloom. But that was Dombrowski saying, I'm standing pat. I do not have faith in the guys in this locker room. I am not making a big move to push us over the edge. And the result was a losing streak, including the Yankees whipping them at home in early August to sort of put that season to bed. Now, the Red Sox, I think, at before that Yankee series, were already going to plan some sort of little hybrid sell-off thing. Like, I think, and J.D. Martinez, you said, alluded to it. He, he didn't believe that team was going full throttle. He didn't believe that there, that even if they did go full throttle and added a piece or two, that there would be a run it back tour in 2023. Yeah. Like he knows Bogarts is, is likely gone. Uh, people were floating the Marcus Simeon contract for Bogarts this week. The Red Sox are not paying that like a seven or eight year deal for like 30 mil AAV through the age of 38. Like that's not even on the table in Boston. Should it be sure. But you see there, they're using Matt Olson as the blueprint for Rafael Devers's next deal. That's crazy. Devers is probably, Not quite at the Juan Soto level. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but much closer to Juan Soto than Matt Olson, you know, a a power first baseman who say what you will about Matt Olson. And we loved him and we wanted him this off season. Like how much resume is there there? And, you know, 126 OPS plus this year, he's 28 years old. Rafael Devers is not 28 years old, right? When Devers hits free agency, he's going to be like 27. And he's going to be, he, you know, and he's he's got a 166 OPS plus this year. The bat cannot be contained. Uh, we thought his breakout year was 2019. No, it's it's now. He's much better. It's no longer, you know, Yankee fans will tweet, like, why is Garrett Cole giving up home runs to Devers? Like, it's still 2019. Devers will kill you. Like, you, you, can't, you can't leave fastballs over the middle to Devers. You can't throw change-ups an inch higher than they should be, right? He'll scoop them. So... This Red Sox team was already running into a run it back issue uh, for next year. And now all of a sudden, uh, oh my God. The, <laughs> yeah, what happened? The yeah, he's loaded the bases with no outs. Matt Carpenter lined to the first baseman and they turned a double play. This, the, nothing goes right in Houston. It's never going to happen, folks. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah, it was a um, rip, right? 
Yeah, it was a rocket. 2-2 rocket down the first baseline. Uh, unfortunately, Yuli Gurriel doubles up, Judge. Um, you, you'll never see – the Yankees can't go to Houston. Sorry. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you have World Series plans, you scrap them. This shit's insane. Bases loaded, no outs. This, this is insane. Uh, Jordan Montgomery just not allowed to start games, by the way. Sorry. Big games. Like, this isn't his fault. You know, bases loaded, no outs into a line drive double play. It's not the pitcher's fault, it's but it's the, vibes. Vibes. it's the vibes that follow him around, tragically. So – uh, if you're up in a series, you can start Jordan Montgomery. If you're down in a series and you need to win, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but the the Red Sox thing, I think next year is going to look very different regardless. Yeah. Uh, but I think that now we are certainly tripping closer to this summer being, you know, I think it's still going to be that hybrid sell-off. I think they'll still make additions. Uh, they're getting James Paxton back, right? They think, theoretically. They're getting Michael Walker back from injury, they think. So they're going to look at it and say, that's two big arms. Right? We lose yeah. sale, but really, you know, how much are we losing there? Uh, the Chris sale thing. Uh, the first time I've ever felt like a victim of PC culture was when I wasn't allowed to say I was glad Chris sale got hurt. <laughs> and I had to just pretend like, look, I'm not happy. His thumb got knocked off. That was disgusting. And I feel bad for a human experiencing pain, but you can't tell me that there's a player in baseball like People are like, man, the worst injury luck for Chris Sale. Just the worst injury luck. And if you were to ask me to power rank who deserves bad injury luck, it's, <laughs> it's, Chris Sale, it's Chris Sale number one. I mean, what has he done to earn the benefit of the doubt? What has Chris Sale done to earn the baseball god smiling finally upon him? Like, mm-hmm. he, he just he makes the wrong decision at every turn. He's insufferable every time. Every time he's given the chance to speak on something or open his mouth on, on, on a given – and express – his beliefs are a platform. He's the most insufferable player in baseball. I can't imagine rooting for him just begrudgingly. Like if he were on my team, I would I would grit my teeth through it. It's uh, like I Chapman. Know. I mean, Chapman obviously worse a Chapman. worse person than Chris Sale. Yeah. What, what what I said is Chapman obviously is my least favorite player in baseball. But Chris Sale is numero dos, and and I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to cheer for him getting hurt, but I'm also not going to pretend like God. Wow, the breaks on you! Your heart breaks for this guy. My heart does not break for this guy; it just doesn't. Um, and again, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible injury luck for sure. But it, it, it is funny. No, it's not. But the like <laughs> the the rap on Chris Sale entering the you know when he was traded to the Red Sox was like that motion's not going to hold up, right? And yeah. it didn't. He eventually got Tommy John surgery. Everybody could have seen that coming, but. For there to be further repercussions, you know, no, it, it, it goes further than that. It's, it's almost like the Aaron Judge thing. You know, John Smoltz says, you know, Judge is injury prone. Eh, Judge dove and shattered a rib. Judge got hit with a pitch and shattered a wrist. Is that injury prone? But then again, someone like Sale, in, you know, the Tommy John happens and we all sort of expected it to happen. But then all of a sudden, you know, getting hit with a liner, pinky fracture, like, I don't know. It's unbelievable he did not get hurt ripping a TV off the wall, but did get hurt on an Aaron Hicks line drive. Um, all, all of this is absurd. I don't think the Red Sox are going to let that affect their plans that much because I think they do think they're getting James Paxton back. And if not, I think their plans were already to do some sort of hybrid maneuver at the deadline. But yeah, it certainly does not help. Um, let's let's talk a little bit. You know, we can grouse all we want about the Yankees not getting. You know, they, they already. This Houston series from before, uh, th- this was a Houston series that was supposed to open the season, and the one week of lockout uh, changed everything. They started plinking and plunking Houston games on everybody's off days, which is why I would say, and don't discount it entirely when when we get to the end of the season and the Yankees are playing Houston, hopefully. I mean, hopefully Houston gets knocked out in the first round and we just get to play somebody else, but if the Yankees are playing Houston in the ALCS, a lot's going to be made of the season record against them, which today doesn't seem to be going very well. There's another game tonight, and that'll be it. So worst case, it's two and five. Best case, it's four and three. Neither of those are great. Could be three and four. Doubleheaders are hard to, you know, road team ain't sweeping a doubleheader. So you're not winning both of these if you're the Yankees. Hate to break that to you. Uh, but a lot's going to be made of that record, and not a lot is going to be made of the fact that the this series this road series in Houston was played one game thrown into the middle of a road trip on an off day they went New York to Houston to Cleveland and just played one game and lost and then today was a doubleheader thrown cutting the all-star break short into that weird gap so you know you got to win baseball games and Houston is you know certainly a threat to win baseball games right now they're looking great 
yeah, they look great. Uh, you know, not our fault. Um, you know, if, if they're alive, right, <laughs> we're not alive. They're alive. It's not our fault. Um, but we, yeah, we, we can't handle it, right? They can. Uh, that's, that's a point in their column, but it's not like a death knell for the Yankees. If this ridiculous doubleheader in the one single game shoved into a pocket don't go well. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing you can do. Um, Nothing you can do. Don't really give a shit about this, actually. Don't talk. No, about I'm it. really trying not to. I've never no. seen anything like that in my what life. What about the All-Star? All-Star game. Yeah. Great exposure for the Yanks. Six people there. The mic'd up stuff was awesome. I know you didn't get to hear it because you were actually there. Um, yeah, unlike Jared Carabas, who said yeah. he had a ticket to the All-Star game and stayed home. You'll never uh, believe because, this, dude. Because it was so awesome to see the broadcast. I mean, my guy, the, the mic'd up stuff was on Twitter. Like, I, I didn't watch it during the game. Because I was uh, watching the All Star game, which was in front of me on on the field, but I was able to like I was able to scroll Twitter and just and just watch it at my leisure. I, I watched some of it during the game, and then I watched some of it after the game. So I'll I'll take my experience. But go ahead. Yeah, could also just DVR it and watch it later that night, Jared. Possible. Um, that's possible for you. Yeah, yeah you can do that. Easy solutions for you know uh, a healthy living. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. A lot of positives from this. Nestor Cortez, Jose Trevino, awesome res- representation. I think um, if I if I are if I am to, uh, I guess, make a wide stretching assumption here, I think it kind of changed the complexion of the Yankees because those are two very different players who are not Yankee esque. Um, they're more underdoggy. They have um, cool narratives, storylines. Um, that make them much more relatable than the average Yankee, than, than the Garrett Cole making $36 million a year or the John Carlos mm-hmm. Stanton making th- uh, on, you know, the, who signed the, at his time the largest contract in North American sports history or Aaron Judge, just the larger than life personality. And even Clay Holmes, like Clay Holmes' turnaround has been absolutely unbelievable, but Clay Holmes is like a domineering figure. He's a gigantic man. He's stoic. He shows no emotion, and he's he's fearsome. Like he is he is a New York Yankee, in my opinion. 
not mm-hmm. to say that Trevino and Cortez are not, they bring a completely different vibe to the table that I think is necessary for um, opposing fans to kind of see because people hate the Yankees and it's understandable why they have a lot of success. They're in a really big market. Um, there, there's just, you know, there's a lot of, we hate the Dallas Cowboys for the same reasons that people hate the New York Yankees. And yeah. I totally understand it. Um, but it's cool to have those kinds of guys like Trevino on first base saying putting on the pinstripes just makes you want to go do something special every night. That's cool. Cortez doing funky windups on the mound <laughs> during the all-star <laughs> game when literally the entire world is watching is just cool and fun and great. And it's laid back and it's not what, the outside view of the New York Yankees is. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, it's not really what the inside view is. We have a lot of frustrations with the buttoned up culture, the, the, the facial hair and hair policy, which is ridiculous as it is. We complain about it all the time. Um, the, the need to be scripty and diplomatic in every response because of the New York media. Um, and it's hard. It's a hard place to be. Um, and I think that change of pace was really nice for the viewers to see on national TV. Um, and the fact that they were as prominent as they were was awesome. Um, and Stanton, man, homecoming for John Carlos Stanton. He's from Southern California, grew up going to Dodger Stadium, wins the MVP with that ridiculous home run. I, I screamed in the other room when he hit that. My wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, that's John Carlos Stanton. He hit it so far. It was so cool. He hit it but really like, <laughs> The second it hit the bat, you're like, oh, my God. It looked like, I don't know if you ever played the bigs for Xbox. It was just like this ridiculous video game where you would like hit a ball a mile into the sky and the outfielders would like scale the walls and like it hit like a light in the stadium and like fire would shoot down from it. It was like one of those home runs where you're like, holy shit, where is this going? Um, (laughs) But he wins MVP and I know it's the all-star game, guys. I wrote about this, but I got to talk about it for a second. Um, It's the all-star game. The game means nothing. No longer a home field advantage, which was ridiculous. We did that for a really long time. Really long time. They, uh, there was a thing in the program that said, I went to the 2012 game and that was home field advantage too. And yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It, like, it, it, felt like, it felt like we outlawed that 35 years ago. I think yeah. the 2017 one was the first one without it. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if the American League was just ripping home field advantage all of these years. Just for a decade. For a literal for a decade. decade. Um, but yeah, Stanton wins this award. Now it's even more of a meaningless game. It's more for entertainment. It's the middle of the season. Look, people talk about how do we determine all-stars in the middle of the season, especially in baseball. You know, you look at NBA and you're like, eh, it's understandable. You know who the all-stars are going to be. It's the best players in the NBA. No one's yeah. like having, no one's having a second half where you're like, how did you snub this guy from an MVP? When you look at the stats at the end of the year, like sometimes you look at people like you look at, um, John Carlos Stanton stats last year, for example. How was he not an all-star 35 home runs, 97 RBIs, like OPS, like 840 or something like OPS plus, like in the one thirties, like that's an all-star season. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it. Cause he had an, he had a okay first half, a uh, power, uh, uh, a not powerful uh, characteristic wise first half for his, uh, for his usual type of play. But um, it's for entertainment. Um, it's for fun. As you can see, all the players are screwing around. They're having a good time. The broadcast has players live on the field. Like, it's not meant to be anything else. But Giancarlo Stanton's Yankees tenure has been one hell of a tenure. He's been here for five years already, which is even which is crazy to think about. The trade happened five years ago. Yeah. Um, and when he first arrived, the expectations were sky high. You're acquiring Giancarlo Stanton, reigning NL MVP, largest contract in the sport. Like, this guy better bring everything – to the table that he did in, it was like, tw- I think 2015 uh, was other 2014, 2015, 2017 were his huge years or something. Like 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this 17 is biggest year ever. Yeah. Comes in in 2018. Great start. Carries the Yankees to a 100 plus win season while Judge was on the shelf for like 60 games. Um, 38 bombs, 100 RBI, like batted 268. Like really couldn't ask for anything else. 2019 comes, injured the whole year. Comes back for the, the faux appearance in the ALCS. He hits a home run in game one. The Yankees went on the road in Houston. We are shitting our pants. Comes in for game two, three at bats, removed early from the game. And then he's out for the rest of the series. And then there's resentment there because if John Carlos Sands playing in that ALCS, Yankees probably maybe win or it's a, it's, it's not as, you know, it's a lot harder on the Astros to pitch through that lineup with John Carlos standing in it. So there was resentment there. And then 2020 starts. Then we have a soft tissue injury. 
Then it's like, great. So what are we doing here? 2020 was already a shortened season. Should have had enough time to rest when this injury was diagnosed in March. Nope, plays 23 games. Yankees limp into the playoffs, but they get there. They have to go to the wild card round. They get the job done. Then he eviscerates Tampa in the ALDS with that mm-hmm. monster performance. But it goes to shit because the Yankees screw up in every other way imaginable. The offense goes quiet at inexplicable times. We do the pitching change with Davey Garcia and Jay Happ, which was crazy. Um, uh, Garrett Cole, untimely home run to Austin Meadows. Roldis Chapman, Mike Brasso, you know what happened. So not that that didn't count, but it was not as highlighted as it should have been, the, what he did in that series. Mm-hmm. Then you have last year. First half, you look at the splits. They actually weren't bad. But if you know kind of how John Carlos Stanton operates in his extremes, he's very streaky. So a lot of those stats were propped up from about a 17-day stretch, I want to say, from the end of April to the middle of May, where he absolutely tore the cover off the ball. Yeah. And he was on fire. And then come July 30th, he's OPSing under 800. And you're like, what is going on? Like, how is this possible? He was, and his hitting was not timely. Um, so you look up until a year ago last year, and a lot of fans are frustrated with Giancarlo Stanton. I was chief among them. I know there are a lot of Giancarlo Stanton defenders, which I, you know, now I've come around on. I understand yeah. why you were that way, but it was frustrating. The Yankees put financial restrictions on themselves essentially for the reason of John Carlos Stanton and Garrett Cole. And these two guys are not really pulling their weight in terms of what they've been paid, what they're expected to do. And, you know, you look at the team in the grander picture and you're like, what's going on? What are we doing here? Um, so then John, John Carlo turns it up in the second half last year. He has repeatedly spanked the Red Sox, which in my opinion, after all he's done over the last year to the Red Sox, that already he's already a Yankees legend. He's already he's enshrined in, in Yankees, you know, lore in some way. Oh, yeah. um, and he's doing it again this year. I think eight games or nine games. He has four home runs and nine RBIs. It's already happening again. They can't mm-hmm. get rid of him. Um, and then he gets an all he gets his first all star game appearance as a Yankee. It's a start in the outfield and he wins MVP for hitting the two run homer in a game that was devoid of offense. Three to two victory for the AL him and Byron Buxton went yard. They got the job done. Um, so I'm just looking at this in a positive spin, full circle for Stanton. I think Stanton's finally found his little middle ground in the Bronx right now. Um, because look, his numbers are good this year, but they're nothing. They're not MVP numbers. He's still hitting 237, and I know he doesn't necessarily hit for average, but that should be 30 points higher for John Carlos Stanton, who usually hits like 265, 270 for his career. Powers there, um, clutch hits are there, um, and uh, uh, and just general timeliness of the hits are there. Um, he's been, if you've been watching the Yankees, he's, he's digging the, he's starting rallies when the Yankees seem like they're dead. Um, he's putting runs on the board when, you know, they're down for nothing. And then they end up coming back to win, you know, seven to five. Um, and I think that all, that all possesses value. So I, uh, just a little, um, just a little ode to John Carlos Stanton for all he's gone through for all I've criticized him for. I know as many more people have criticized him a lot worse than I have, um, Nice to see him go back home, win the All-Star Game MVP, enjoy himself. Because you know who wasn't able to enjoy himself? Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, I think the Stanton thing, it's all just the stink of 2018. It's like 2018, yeah. if you take the Red Sox out of 2018, it's a 100-win Yankees team. They built on everything they did in 2017, and they added a superstar. No one is booing the strikeouts if the Red Sox aren't ripping off 108 yeah. wins and leading the division and punking you in your own ballpark. Stanton was good in that series, but it, you know, before there was the Astros in 2019 and got, why is everything working out in the wrong direction? There was the Red Sox and 2018. And of course, stands up with the bases loaded, not producing a run. And of course, Stanton is striking out in this one clutch situation. And of course I'm judging this entire season's worth of games based on Alex Cora and JD Martinez versus Aaron Boone and Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. That's just what I'm doing. Uh, but since then, People have been far fairer to Stanton, I think. And there is yes. going to be a sect of people who will never be down with it and will always say, uh, I can't believe that the Yankees went all power again. This isn't the team I grew up with, which, like, I don't know. If you grew up with Mickey Mail and Reggie Jackson, that's basically the kind of game they played. So you're just yeah. sort of lying to yourself. Like, <laughs> you're just, you, you just, what you're really saying is, I'd rather be 10. 
<laughs> it's like you woke up and like realized that the world is it works differently it's like i don't think but the, the favorite players on my team when i was a kid never struck out no they did um you're just thinking about different things the optics of stanton strikeouts suck you know he's always flailing at balls in the other batter's box but the the correct criticism of stanton was always why is this hamstring in the yankees payroll and why did they make this decision if they were only going to make one big financial decision ever why was it this one but now, all of a sudden, Stanton is one of the cheaper contracts for a superstar type in baseball. He's, yeah. you know, $25 million AAV. Like, in L.A. over the weekend, everybody was sort of – everybody I talked to was saying, look, the Mookie Betts contract is going to eventually look like a steal, too. Like, all of these deals that are like 30 to $35 million AAV are going to eventually get dwarfed by Soto and by Devers and by Julio Rodriguez. And, and so it's just worth remembering that the Yankees have Stanton – on a big deal, but a relative bargain for the amount of production he provides. And he has stepped up every time there's been a show to put forth. Like, I, I don't know where the, I think, again, 2018 is where this this idea that Stanton doesn't produce in the playoffs comes from. He produces in the playoffs. He's produced in every playoff series uh, against upper echelon pitching. The, the Shane Bieber playoff series. He Remember, oh, the Yankees can't hit Shane Bieber. Oh, well, actually, they did. Like he crushed the uh, you know Cleveland in that wild card series, he crushed Tampa Bay in the series that came after that. Tattooed Boston, tattooed Houston in the two games he played in that series. Uh, the ALDS and against Minnesota in 2019 that nobody really remembers. He didn't do much in that series, but they walked him four times in 11 plate appearances. He was still on base at a 4.55 clip in that sweep. It's just the 2018 Red Sox series. He was four for 18 with six Ks in a series where everybody failed to meet expectations because the Red Sox were just having an out of control season. So Stanton can't hit in the playoffs. Yes, he can. Stanton can't hit in big moments. Yes, he can. Stanton can own a a big showcase. Yes, he did over the weekend. Uh, And if you're not proud at this point to have Stanton on your team, you're just saying again, if you're not proud of having Stanton on your team, you're just saying, A, I like being a kid more and B, I would just rather my players be more, you know, I'd rather root for the underdog. I'd rather root for Trevino than Stan because Stan does exactly what he says he'll do. And he's yeah. a superstar. Uh, and, and so that that's that on that. But yeah, Aaron judge uh, under the microscope, really fun all-star weekend for Aaron judge and Juan Soto. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. You want to talk about, you know, marketing major league baseball. How often are you going to collect these stars of the game all in one place? You don't know who's going to be in the World Series this year. Could be Yankees, Dodgers, could be, you know, wild card San Francisco Giants against the Tampa Bay Rays, right? You could absolutely get boned in a ratings sense, you know, or the Astros, which is getting super boring at this point. I don't think there's anybody still out there who's like, I hope the Astros are in the World Series so I can boo them. Okay, cool. Like that's, you know, (laughs) you're living in the past. Although Dodger Stadium. They hate the fucking Astros, man. They Great. really, really do. Uh, those boos, those boos for for Houston. They took a special break. I don't know if it was broadcast. They forgot to announce the coaching staff. They didn't do it before the game. The intros were also really abrupt, and they kind of just happened. There was no intro video. It was just like for the American League All Stars, and it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh, they didn't do the coaching staff, so they did the Braves coaches during one break, and they did the Astros coaches like between the bottom of the third and the top of the fourth, and it was just like a separate opportunity to boo. Like, I don't know. Maybe they did that so that there wouldn't be as many boos before the game, but it was literally just like the boo corner of like, here's a minute and a half. This will not be televised. Just get your shit out. And I mean, they booed Dusty Baker like crazy, who was not managing the 2017 team. They even introduced Dusty Baker in an attempt to stop the boos as uh, a former Los Angeles Dodgers all-star. And everyone was just like, boo we don't care. You know, we, we don't know that. He's not on the team. We don't care. Uh, the, the boos were merciless. But, you know, you never know when these superstars are going to be gathered. And yet Juan Soto wins the home run derby, flies in on a, you know, not a chartered plane. The Nationals, you know, don't put him on their plane out, out of an abundance of misery. And he can't he can't walk one foot without like wouldn't it be fun to play at Dodger Stadium? Juan, hey Juan, how did the contract situation leak out so close to the break? Juan, is it stressful having these be the only questions you're answering? I'll take your question in seven parts, please. And he clearly wasn't happy. Cut to Aaron Judge. These gotcha questions, and, and I'm not even like 
the first one to talk about gotcha questions, but big poppy in the dugout during the game doing like, pay the man, pay this man. Funny, funny, great, great way to handle it. He's a free agent. He needs to get paid. Everybody knows it. But on the broadcast, in these media sessions, people act like he's the only free agent to ever, like like he challenged the reserve clause himself and, and created free agency. And so now you've got in all these media sessions, people doing every team. Aaron, the, uh, you know, obviously free agency is a big chatter. The San Francisco Giants are in the NOS. What would it mean to play for them? Judge, you know, it'd be, you know, whatever happens, happens. I want to be a Yankee for life, but obviously you got to explore all the opportunities. Yeah, Aaron, I heard you, but uh, Chicago Cubs, that also is a team. They're in the NL Central. Uh, any thoughts of potentially playing there? Of course, your contract does expire at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, again, you know, I'd love to work things out with the Yankees, but if it doesn't happen, you know, we will explore other avenues. Hopefully it does. Again, he says hopefully it does in every interview. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, and if it doesn't, you know, we will explore the market. Just trying to be fair. Aaron, I totally hear you. This is not a free agency question. Uh, I just want to ask you sort of abstractly about the New York Mets. Uh, have you heard of them? Do you know what happens? Uh, they play the same sport you play. They play in the same city, basically. I'm wondering what your awareness is of them. It's all extremely frustrating. And then you've got Marley Rivera basically doing a tearjerker interview of like, hey, this is on the field before the All-Star game. Hey, Aaron, uh, pretend there's like a child you've never met, like a hypothetical child who, if you left the Yankees, it would really make that child sad. Uh, do you want to make that child sad? Yes or no? Yeah, great question. Great work. I'm sure that made Judge feel great. Every time he's pressed on this, which is 30 times a day, he says the same thing. I want to be a Yankee forever. If it doesn't happen, I'll move on. And that's that's what else can you say? He wants to stay here. If they don't want to offer him the money it'll take, he will go somewhere else and he will thrive. The Yankees need him more than he needs them. I don't know how many more times, and especially during the league showcase event, you can ask Aaron Judge, hey, very quickly detail the process of free agency again for us. Just give us a quick wrap-up of what it, uh, you know, what, what a free agent does, how contract talks work. At least arbitration's over, so they couldn't ask him about that, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what, do you, what do you expect him to say also? Truly. I, like, and I know, I know he's going to be subject to those questions. We all understand that. But over and over again... First, before the home run derby, that he dealt with the Han Soto rumors because um, initially when that news broke, um, Jeff Passan said the Padres, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Rangers, I believe, or the Mets had the necessary depth to pull off a trade. So then you have those loose rumors that aren't really like real. It's just like, oh, look, look at these farm systems. These are deep enough to appease what the Nationals might want. And then he has to answer questions about that. Um, and then we're all writing comms. We're writing about it. Other people are writing about it, why it could create leverage in his contract situation. Like just crazy stuff where it's the all-star game. Just let's have some fun. Everybody wants to see Aaron Judge hit a home run. Everyone wants to see just Aaron Judge not have to respond to uncomfortable questions constantly. I Like I said, understand it's got to be asked one or two times. Marlo Vera doing that right before the game was crazy. Crazy. Um, Million other free Clayton Kershaw, free agent, folks. Clayton Kershaw will be a free agent at the end of the season. He started and the All Star game. What was Clayton Kershaw's narrative? It, it was he's starting the All Star game, and isn't that joyful? And it's this viral moment with a child who lost his grandfather to cancer. So yeah. Clayton Kershaw, uh, the the hardball question for Clayton Kershaw before the game was, "Can I hug you?" And the hardball question for Aaron Judge was. Uh, you know, power rank the other 30 teams in Major League Baseball based on where you want to play and why. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I think that may have affected Judge's play. He goes 0 for 2, whatever. Um, he was the Mike only goes... bad Yankee. He was the only bad Yankee. <laughs> yeah. Trevino ripped one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cole's kid was cute. Uh, Nestor, Nestor got Clay through Holmes. a scoreless inning. Clay Holmes got through a scoreless two-thirds. John Carlos, your freaking MVP, and, and yeah. Judge looks bad. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. 
listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Cole was great on the broadcast, too. Got to give Cole credit because I criticize Cole a lot. Very fun on the broadcast with Max Freed. Um, but, yeah, speaking of Judge answering those uh, contract questions, like I said, he also answered one about Juan Soto. Um, I talked about this solo on Monday. Um, I think we have a little bit more information to make sense of things and what a package might look like. Um, I don't know where you stand on this. Um, I don't even know where I stand on this. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I still don't. The argument, there's there's two ways to look at it. Do you want to go for it all over the next three years, 2022, 2023, 2024, and call it a life? Um, or do you want to not rock the boat, prioritize judge for sure, which you can still do if you acquire Soto. But then if you're giving up all those assets and you don't re-sign him, I don't know if that looks dumb or not. To me, it doesn't. But I think for the greater, in the greater baseball landscape, people will be like, you acquired Juan Soto. You had the money to do it and you didn't do it. You didn't sign him for longer than the two and a half. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What was the point of that? Because you're, folks, you're giving up in this deal, Anthony Volpe, Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells, Ken Waldachuk, and that's a starting point. Um, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the frameworks. Uh, the SNY is doing them for the Mets. He's not fucking going to the Mets, dude. The Nationals are not. Mike Rizzo is not doing that unless he can ruin the Mets farm system for the next like twenty years. And all the SNY frameworks are like, should we center the package around Tyler McGill? Uh, yeah, uh, pull the pull the trigger, McGill and Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Like, people were talking about Jeff McNeil getting traded this offseason. I know he started the All-Star game. People were talking about him getting traded this offseason for, like, a top 10 prospect and a top 30 prospect. Yeah. And now you're like, I think he should be the young Major League centerpiece of the Juan Soto trade. But I'll let you guys all discuss that yourselves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jacob deGrom is leaving. Like, there, yeah. there are much more pressing concerns. Bigger concerns. So he's not going to the Mets. But anyway, um, I centered part of my package around that one because that the SNY broadcast said, essentially – the Nats are going to want the top four prospects or, you know, four of the top five or four of the top six, um, two young major leaguers, which they worked as McNeil and Tyler McGill. Um, and then maybe Patrick Corbin's contract or a combination of all that. So this is going to be Volpe. It's going to be four of Volpe, Wells, Dominguez, Waldachuk, Peraza, um, Wesneski. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Glaber could be in this if this is real. Yes. Um, JP Sears could be in this, I think is an, is a good equivalent because he's a young major leaguer, 23rd prospect in the Yankee system. Like I think Mike Rizzo's smart enough to not go to MLB pipeline and be like, wait a second, you're giving us your 23rd best prospect. JP Sears is rolling through AAA and has five scoreless outings with the Yankees this year. He's clearly a, uh, a high ceiling potential major leaguer at this point. That's someone you take a risk on as like the fourth or fifth or sixth piece in a Juan Soto deal. Um, so yeah, you could essentially, and the Yankees could make that work. You lose Gleyber Torres, DJ LeMay, who just slots in at second base, 
Marwin Gonzalez takes over the utility role a little bit more. Matt Carpenter can do the same. So there's ways to make it work, but it depends how you want to make the future work. The Yankees could keep, could trade for Soto, do all this, gut the top of the farm system, which again, none of these guys are guaranteed to be good. Important thing to remember before you make any trade. Um, someone, someone tweeted, I forgot who it was, the Yankees farm system like six years ago and like the top six prospects that Cashman didn't want to move. Yeah. None of them matter. Um, not saying none of these guys are going to matter, but you just don't know. Um, so you can either gut the farm system, get Soto, re-sign judge. There is a world where you can keep Soto through 2024, keep judge happy by giving him his contract and then just let everything play out. See what happens. Shed some payroll, maybe. Maybe you get rid of DJ's contract as time goes on. Maybe you find a suitor for Aaron Hicks in the offseason. Maybe you dump Josh Donaldson somewhere else after this offseason, you know, free up an extra $40 million. I do not know. But it creates a complicating situation for the future because then you're losing a potential center fielder for the future, potential shortstop of the future, and I don't know if I'm being too aggressive here, potential ace of the future. I think Ken Waldachuk has a ceiling of being like a number two starter, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on your taste and what you want to do. The Yankees don't necessarily need to do this. I'd rather risk two of the top five prospects to get more pitching. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm still torn on this. And if I was an executive right now, I'd be losing a lot of sleep over the next couple of weeks because the, the, the deadline's here. The deadline's 11 days away. So what are you, how are you feeling about all this? I am. I, I mean, I've been tired for a very long time of people comparing this season to 1998. Only because, I mean, the Yankees were off to a record-setting pace yeah, uh, and are still off to an incredible pace. And there is a good chance they finish the season with a whole lot of wins. But the worst 1998 comparison I've seen, it's just not healthy for anybody to be like, this group of Yankees that's never won a World Series has to be as good as the 125-win 1998 yeah. Yankees. Makes every loss feel worse. It's all pointless. Everybody should be enjoying the 64-28 and 28 season instead of being like, that's a brutal loss after some random game in the middle of July. Um, you know, it's, it's fandom. That is what it is. But the worst 98 comparison I've seen so far was a column this morning that basically – you know, does that thing columns do when they just want you to get mad where they invent something and then immediately <laughs> in the column, they're like, we don't even believe this either. And it's like, well, then why was it the intro to your column? And it was the column this morning that was basically like a Juan Soto trade is how Steinbrenner's watershed moment to show how much he cares about the Yankees. And the intro was, uh, you know, in 98, Brian Cashman had the chance to get Randy Johnson. And he decided that this team was, you know, had holes, had issues to fill, but was basically perfect. and was not worth the risk. You know, will Hal Steinbrenner do the same thing with Juan Soto? You know, how will he and Cashman figure out how to get to the bottom of that? Randy Johnson was a rental in 1998. Uh, would have been a really interesting addition. Uh, also, it goes deeper than that. Apparently, Lou Pinella was asked uh, during that season. I, I read, you know, why doesn't Randy... Cashman was like, why does Randy never pitch, you know, in these series? And he goes, oh, he hates pitching in New York. And Cashman was like, okay, great. I'm not getting him. I'm not putting him on the 1998 Yankees. Yeah. There is always something more going on here. But Randy Johnson in 98 uh, was traded midseason, had a 4.33 ERA with the Seattle Mariners at the time. Uh, yes, 213 strikeouts and 160 innings. Yes, 3.35 FIP, 1.288 whip. But he took off in the second half with Houston, went 10-1, and 1.28 ERA. One of the best midseason acquisitions of all time but at the time was in the middle of a down year with Seattle was an expiring contract signed with Arizona the very next year. Most of us remember Randy with Arizona very fondly or uh, not fondly for beating us in 2001 world series, but he was incredible in Arizona. He also started that contract at the age of 35. So 34 year old Randy Johnson getting traded midseason in a down year has nothing to do with whether or not the Yankees want to gut their entire future for Juan Soto. Uh, and, I'm even someone who uh, I go back and forth by day, whether I'm in favor of getting Juan Soto, whether I'm not. Ultimately, if you give up all these prospects for Juan Soto, I am not going to be like, oh, I miss them. I miss my boys. Obviously, you will have Juan Soto. And so eventually, it's like the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell. Eventually, you'll be like, the team now has a superstar. Uh, and you will root for the prospects where they've gone. That doesn't mean it's not a steep price to pay, though. It's steep in the NBA. It's incredibly steep here. It's unprecedented to have a trade price this steep. Juan Soto's don't get traded with two and a half years of control. <clears throat> but to say the Randy Johnson package 
which was Carlos Guillen and Freddy Garcia, which looks like a hefty, hefty price to pay for a half year now because we know that both of those guys eventually made all-star teams. I mean, that has nothing to, th- there's no way the Yankees can be like, you know, all that does is make people be like, okay, well, can we give up three future all-stars for Juan Soto? There's no way of predicting this. Yeah. You know, like that, that Randy Johnson package was two for one for a 34 year old rental. So to say that whether the Yankees got the system for Juan Soto is, is what, you know, will be the difference between caring enough to make this a 98 like champion or not is wild to me. Um, also, I think that the point here that has to be conveyed is it's not does Juan Soto make the Yankees better this year? Yes. Next year? Yes. Year after that? Absolutely. Yes. There is no question about it. And if you get Juan Soto, you could reexamine the judge things. The question is, do they need Juan Soto to win a World Series this year or next? Or do they need David Peralta? Because if you know, the postseason's random, right? The Juan Soto Yankees can get bounced. I hope yeah. they don't. They absolutely can. That so, would be a disaster, too. That would be a disaster. That the happens. calculation, the calculation Brian Cashman needs to make is is this team a Juan Soto away from having a real shot at the World Series? Or can I get you a lefty hitting platoon bat and Luis Castillo? Personally, I would rather trade for the starting pitcher. Domingo Herman is starting a game of a doubleheader today. It, easy to get lost in the shuffle again. Luis Severino's out for a while. It, it was before the All-Star break, and then the All-Star break happened. Easy to forget about it. But the Yankees currently, their five-starter or seven who wasn't in the major leagues a week ago, who was on extended rehab, who they didn't want to bring up to the bigs and, and were content to let him rehab forever. So I don't want to hear it when it comes to what's a more pressing need. The Yankees can win the World Series with Matt Carpenter and an additional outfield depth piece. But in order to do that, they probably need a Luis Castillo type. So I'd rather give up Oswald Peraza, Austin Wells, and Hayden Wesneski for Castillo than seven top prospects and Glaber Torres and J.P. Sears for Juan Soto. And, uh, uh, you know, if they had to do that, I would eventually shrug and say, you know what? You got me, Juan Soto. I appreciate you doing that. I'm not going to be upset about the acquisition of Juan Soto. But I think your priorities need to be slightly more in line. And to say that this is Hal Steinbrenner's ultimate test of caring about the Yankees, I think that's a weird burden to place on this trade unlike any other. Crazy, because there's so many other things to go after this ownership group about or the front office about, and this is not it. The only reason that this is high stakes is because you're never going to see a player of Juan Soto's caliber be available this early in his team control because it never happens. Um, I mean, maybe we'll see it right before we die eventually, um, (laughs) because there, you know, he's a once in a full generation player and he might be two generations, um, with how good he is. He's going to hit free agency at 25 or 26, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so you look at that scenario and you're like, if you have the depth and you can get the guy, you know, acquire the once in a generation player and figure out all the problems later. But you also do have the problem where you're really good right now and you're really good right now with like the worst hitter in baseball holding you back in Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks, who was the second worst hitter in baseball for like the first three months until he turned it up over these last three weeks. So the, the, the fact that the Yankees have gotten to this point with some of the deficiencies on their roster that have thankfully been, swept under the rug for the most part because they have been able to win games and and get beyond it with all the other strengths that they have. But you're forgetting here, folks, bullpen kind of decimated. I know it's been good, but roll the Chapman is not going to have a real role. I don't think down the stretch, Um, uh, this whole bullpen for the, for this entire year. and, And even mostly last year has been operating with bad or no versions of Zach Britton, Aroldis Chapman, Chad Green. And those were three pillars of the bullpen just two years ago. Um, So that's why this bullpen needs a little bit of a remake, whether it's acquiring under-the-radar talent or actually high-profile people. I don't really know. Um, Monty, two strikeouts this inning. Holy shit, look at that. I struck out Pena and Altuve after the DJ homer. It's 2-1. And then you need starting pitching. And I know someone's going to have to get bumped from the rotation, but are you going to trust Luis Severino to remain healthy for the whole year? Because – not 
to say that we were putting bad vibes out there, but you were waiting for him to hit the IL at some point. It had to happen. You were waiting for him to say, oh, you know, I woke up this morning not feeling good, but, you know, I decided to give it a go, and now I'm out for four, four weeks. Why uh, Again, why did he start? I'll leave it there. Why did he start? Why did he do that? Bad for the team. He's mm-hmm. done it before. He's doing it again. Why? Are you going to rely on him to remain healthy for the rest of the year? Are you going to rely on Jamison Tyone to not be this ping-pong version of himself where he's looking like a number two starter or he's looking like a number seven starter? Because I don't, because you need playoff starters, guys. And Adam doesn't like Jordan Montgomery starting a playoff game. I don't think I feel comfortable with it either. Um, so then it leaves you with Nestor and Garrett Cole as the two steadfast options. And Nestor has never pitched in more than 93 innings in a season and hasn't made a postseason start ever. So just things to things to consider when you're looking at the list of priorities with the deadline 11 days away. Juan Soto would be great. You also need a, a few other things to make this a true, true World Series contender. Because guess what? You know the Dodgers are doing everything that they possibly can to either get Soto and make that a crazy super team, or Andrew Friedman is going to use that depth wisely and acquire three or four more players that are going to fortify that team around the edges and make them even better than they already are. So it's a tough discussion. We wouldn't be opposed to getting Juan Soto. It's not a death knell on the Yankees if they don't get Juan Soto. And if Juan Soto gets traded in the next two weeks, like I, I'm going to just that, – that's going to be you absurd. I, I mean, it's going to be absurd. I, I, my yeah, jaw it's going to be drop. the craziest deadline of all time. My jaw will drop if he actually gets dealt. Not okay. because I don't think they're not trying. Just because I, who's going to – what is a package you want? Like who, who's, who's yeah. going to give you that? Um, and, you know, Kevin Durant's not getting traded either. We'll, we'll find out. He's, actually- um, he's not getting traded. But there's uh, – like, I mean – Dan Plesak on MLB Network, while while we were recording this podcast, said his bold second half prediction is Shohei Otani gets traded to the Braves. So you know what? Suddenly a Juan Soto trade doesn't sound quite so ridiculous. 2.5 years of Juan Soto. I mean, you are going to have to give up everything. If the Nationals don't ask for Gleyber Torres, they're doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's one of the best assets the Yankees have to give. You know, mm-hmm. an all-star level second baseman who's better than Santiago Espinal is going to have to be like the fourth piece in this Juan Soto mm-hmm. trade. So again, I'll get used to it. If it happens, I'll go, wow, Juan Soto on the baseball team, but it's all risk analysis. This mm-hmm. is, is not make or break for Hal Steinbrenner. It's just something you want the Yankees to be involved in because people of this caliber don't change hands very often. Now that said, all these people end up on the Dodgers. So it's just like, you know, people make the joke like, oh, Dodgers buy everybody. Eh, they do. They really do end up with everyone. And then, really they end up with the, and then they end up with the fifth best, best farm system the year after giving up everybody. Yeah. It's insane. Best organization of baseball, uh, except for only one World Series. So what does that tell What does that tell you? Truly, what does that tell you? If you're making a, a giant game-shattering move, you have like a one in 10 chance to win the World Series. And they did it in a shortened season. So... All of this with a grain of salt. Don't overreact in either direction. But if Juan Soto actually gets traded, ripple effects for decades, uh, the Nationals are are not a real team. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us a mailbag question. We'd love to hear from you and answer your cues. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. We will be back next Monday and Thursday live on YouTube, uh, Eastern time, 2 o'clock, that is. I said that backwards. You really got to wonder why I said that backwards. Uh, I'm, I'm at Adam Weiner on Twitter. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at uh, Tommy's underscore takes. Um, folks, head on over to yanksoyard.com, trade deadline content. We're being reasonable about it, too. We're not being crazy. We got all good stuff for you from industry sources, from people who are reporting the right stuff. Careful. Um, talk to us on the Yanks Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, we will be there, especially for this this little mini series here. Um, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yankees get back on track, get some wins under our belt, start feeling good. Red Sox sell at the deadline. We make some nice moves. Everyone should have good vibes. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Enjoy the weekend, folks. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.